worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. Keeping you connected to our community. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm Sean Kreitz and absolute pleasure to have two individuals in the studio here. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day. We have Waleed and Uswa. We're going to be talking about Ramadan. Uh, Waleed, we'll just get you to, to go first. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. And Usma, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you. All right. Yeah. So we're, we're going to be touching on Ramadan today. And right off the bat, I'm very curious. Uh, I don't have a lot of knowledge about it. I, I have what Google says in front of me, but it's always better to get the personal experience right in front of us here. Let's just go with the easy question right off the bat. Uh, well, actually, no, before we even hop into it, I always like to get to know who we have in here as well, because I think Fort McMurray is just so interesting and diverse. Waleed, what's your connection to Fort McMurray? Were you born and raised? Did you move here? How'd you end up? Uh, my connection to Fort McMurray, uh, I was born and raised in Edmonton. Uh, I worked as a teacher there in a private school for a few years and then uh, saw some opportunities here. Raised family of six kids and brought them all up <laughs> in 2008 and uh, been working in Fort McMurray Public uh, since then in the high school and now in a couple of elementary schools uh, as a principal. It's a great community. Uh, very family oriented, very community oriented, and uh, just been a, a real pleasure the last uh, 15 or so years. And Uswa, yourself, what's your connection? I've basically lived here my whole life. My dad, when he got a job at Sun Curl, like everybody, <laughs> we moved here in 2012, and I've been here ever since. Very cool, very cool. And I guess here's the, the easy question right off the bat uh, Can you explain what Ramadan is? Uh, Ramadan is the name of one of the months in the Islamic calendar, and there's 12 months. Uh, it's a lunar-based calendar, so the days uh, are either 29 or 30 days uh, each month. Uh, Ramadan is the ninth month in the calendar, and it is a month where, uh, in the Islamic tradition, God has uh, prescribed fasting for us during that month. And why is it an important time uh, for Muslims to celebrate Ramadan and go through Ramadan? The number one reason in the Islamic sense is that it's uh, a prescription from God and God is the doctor and he's giving us something that's going to be good for us. So the number one reason is that it has been commanded that fasting be per performed for those who are able to do it. And there's a lot of criteria for who's considered able and who isn't. Uh, and there's license for people that are experiencing difficulty for whatever reason. So the number one reason is that it's a command from God, same as prayer and being charitable and those kinds of things. So that's the number one reason. But there are also other reasons when you uh, dig into it, even from your own human perspective, uh, and you look at the medical perspective, there's a lot of really good reasons for doing that and benefits to it. And then when you say fasting, what do you mean by that? So uh, fasting in the Islamic sense is refraining from drinking or eating during daylight hours. So from the uh, time of the first prayer of the day, which is at dawn, before sunset, uh, until the sun sets at the end of the day. During those hours, there's no drinking water or coffee or anything, and no uh, food uh, until the sun sets. After the sun sets, you go back to 
your regular eating habits. Sometimes people overdo it a bit because they've been fasting all day, but uh, generally it's just during the daylight hours. Okay, yeah. very interesting. And so, like us up in Fort McMurray, and from my understanding, so it, on the lunar calendar, right? Is that what it's based on? And can it switch around from months, yes. yeah, year it, to year type of thing? I think it goes back every 20 days. Is that what it is? Every year, about 10. Yeah. 10 days, yeah. And so it doesn't it, line up exactly yeah. with the solar calendar. Right. Yeah. And so has it ever happened during like the summertime? Like I haven't experienced it this world. <laughs> I don't think, but... Like, you haven't fasted in the summer? Oh, in the summer. Okay, yeah. Like, has it happened like yes. June or July? Yes. Where yeah, it's not so like, long ago. Yes. When does the first prayer happen? Like, yeah, in summertime, it's really early. 3 a.m., yeah. 4 a.m.? Yeah, because the sun is up very early in the summertime. Oh, my goodness. Oh, so you have to stop eating reason. before that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Has it ever happened in winter months where, like, the. Eventually, it will move toward. It's moving towards winter now. Like, right, because we're going Next back. year will be earlier and then the year after. Wow. That. Yeah. But in the summer, it's a lot. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah so uh, what are some of the customs and rituals associated with uh, Ramadan? Well, you wanna take that one? Go ahead. Oh yeah, well, one of the main <laughs> things I think that like a lot of people do is at nighttime, there is um, a prayer that, it's called Taravi prayer, which basically it's like when well, everyone comes together and they play uh, pray in like congregation. So that's like, a big part of that. And then other rituals are just like breaking your fast together with family, friends, things like that. What do you mean by breaking the fast? Like when you like stop, like you eat to break every fast. day, like yes, at nighttime. At nighttime. Oh, okay. Like I know me and my friends, what we do all like after, like almost like maybe like every second week we all get together and we all break our fast together. So that's yeah. really nice when we do that. Or always just do it at home too with our with my family. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with those evening breaking of the fast, uh, there's a lot of time through the day to prepare a nice meal, and you'll see a really decked out uh, table every single night. And because there's uh, rewards considered for helping somebody to break their fast, whoever breaks the fast of another person, so feeds them, receives the same reward as their fast. So we're very encouraged to seek that reward of feeding people uh, who are breaking their fast so that we can get a double reward and they still receive their reward. So (laughs) it really has a, a great way of unifying families, number one families and their uh, extended relatives, neighbors, friends, and they constantly see people inviting <laughs> people to their house for iftar, which is the breaking of the fast. And it's a very uh, it's a very special time of the year because there's so much community sense and so much drawing closer together as a community of believers. Yeah, yeah the, the way you describe it, it sounds like it kind of brings people together and it encourages you to kind of like help your neighbor type of thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And always a really big, nice meal every single night. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's easier because of that. Yeah, yeah no kidding. Looking forward some to people a good actually, meal. Some people actually gain weight during <laughs> Ramadan because of that. Because they just really, you know, they don't want to hurt their friends' feelings and not eat too much. So they eat too much and then they go to sleep and they pack it on. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I understand that. Uh, <laughs> what are the impacts of Ramadan on a person's daily life? Let's start with uh, physical impacts. Well, I think being tired is the main thing. That's like something you deal with. I know I deal with that a lot, especially with school. Mm -hmm. So that's like the biggest thing, I think. Getting thirsty for a lot of people is uh, is difficult. Uh, getting hungry for people is difficult. Obviously, it's not it's not the best uh, experience while you're uh, while you're hungry and thirsty. But there's also that at the end of the day, the appreciation for what you've been given. Mm-hmm. So you sit at, at the table waiting for that moment when the prayer the prayer starts and the fast is over just a very deep appreciation for what you do have Mm -hmm. and you sort of take it for granted a lot of times in the business of the day oh I got to eat lunch and go to work or etc you don't think about it too much 
but at the end of the day, you really get reflective and uh, sometimes emotional because you think of how you know good you actually do have it mm-hmm. compared to a lot of people. I think having that mindset also makes it a lot easier for some people because, like, I know one of my friends, she plays, like, um, badminton, and, like, the city finals last year were during while she was fasting, wow. and she was fine. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what about, uh, like, spiritually, mentally? Uh, what is the impact on the day-to-day life? For me, I find that going hungry and going thirsty, you tend to draw inwards a little bit and you become more reflective. And I think that's also part of the purpose of, uh, of the fast, to draw closer to God because you know that you're fasting, number one, to please God according to his uh, command, that he only commands what is good for us, beneficial for us, and he only forbids what is harmful. So that trust that uh, even though it's difficult, I'm learning patience, I'm learning Uh, reflection, I'm learning uh, uh, commitment, perseverance, determination, (laughs) like you're learning a lot of things in this fast because you're doing it for a reason. It's not just, you know, my doctor told me to. Because the calendar strikes. Or my doctor told me to, or I need to do a blood test or something. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, you actually have a deeper uh, motivation behind it. Uh, So a lot of people get very spiritual, very very reflective. They want to do more acts of worship to uh, really benefit from it. Uh, So they'll read uh, more read Quran more, they might do some extra prayers more than they normally would. They can't eat anyway, so they might as well, you know, do some extra prayers and extra, mm-hmm. or do some charitable works because, you know, they're becoming more inwardly turning and, you know, turning towards God a little bit more than they normally would. Mm-hmm. It also helps you build those habits because like since it is a month, like what is it, like 27 days is how long it takes to build a habit or mm-hmm. like break a habit even, like it's the perfect time for you to like get something into your routine and keep it constant. Mm-hmm. Yep. From can you remember from when you were young and you first started Ramadan to how you've grown over the years? Has your perception changed about it? What have you learned year over year over year mm. uh, from just experiencing it every single year? I'll let us start. I've been doing this for a while. She so might I think be a little before younger. when you were little, it's more of like, it's like an excitement thing, you know, because like, oh, everyone's fasting. I want to do it too. But my mom was like, oh, like when you're little, it's okay because like, well, you get, when you're, you should eat more because you get tired easily and everything. But I think after as you get older and like better understanding of what it is you're doing yeah. and like like that um, connection that you have to God and like doing all those things you said like reflecting and like reading Quran more and like getting your prayers like those things become like more important mm-hmm. almost than it's just being like oh just like a fun thing to do is it like just another like a process of like just growing up every year type of thing yeah a little bit more we see it like a, a refueling station sometimes mm-hmm. for the soul mm-hmm um, and uh, as you get older and, and you understand what your faith is all about and why you have these uh, different aspects of our faith as uh, requirements, you start to appreciate the benefit of all of it. When you're a little kid, you're not technically required to fast until you've reached the age of puberty. Mm. So, and mo- most things like that are, most things in Islam are like that. It's for people who understand what they're, you know, why are by praying? And we teach kids when they're little to pray. But they're only really required to do the five daily prayers when they've reached puberty. They're mm. mature. They understand right. you know, these deep concepts. And fasting is the same. Charity is the same. Uh, so we train our kids by, you know, maybe doing a partial fast because they're very little. <laughs> and they're complaining, and I'm thirsty, and I'm hungry. But as they become you know, older and they've, they're starting to understand more why, uh, you know, these things are in place for us, then they have a deeper appreciation and a deeper commitment to following it yeah, yeah like uh how i'm kind of learning about it is like life can get busy and mm. and then then when all of a sudden like ramadan kind of comes around you you kind of get brought down to like the core level of you're like hey this is why 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. cool. And what really matters. It's Walid and Aswa in studio here today, and we're chatting all things Ramadan. We're just going to take a first break, and we'll be right back. We're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. And we're back. Thanks for tuning in to the show. Walid and Aswa in studio. We're chatting all things Ramadan. Uh, what are some of the health benefits associated with fasting during Ramadan? Mm. It gives the body a rest, number one, because uh, I talk about this a lot with uh, family and friends. That we, we don't eat to live as much as we live to eat. Like we, we eat more than we need to and not a boredom and, you know, a convenience. And so we, we eat much more than we actually need. Uh, so it gives the body a break. The body does need a break. Uh, I read once or heard once on a broadcast that the thing that ages a person most is food because you're 24-7 processing what you're taking in and you're over time your kidneys wear out and your liver wears out and your pancreas wears out because you're just constantly processing processing so if you give your body a break and you're basically only eating what your body really needs and over the course of the month you get uh, less hungry during the day less thirsty your body sort of readjusts and reprograms uh, to that, you know, midday feeling hungry. It's just not there as much anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, people are still getting the nutrients that they need, even though they've uh, been fasting. We also have a tradition of uh, getting up before the fast starts to have breakfast. So it'll be a small one, especially if it's in the summer. You don't feel like eating at three in the morning or four in the morning, <laughs> but you should get up and have something to get. You're, you have to keep your body going through the day. Mm-hmm. Drink some water, have some light breakfast before you start fast. And at the end of the day, so you're basically getting two meals instead of three mm-hmm. or four. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, how about any of the risks, any of the risks involved uh, with fasting? Mm. Well, I feel like anyone who has like a risk, like a health risk or something, they're not required to fast anyways. Mm-hmm. So for like a normal person, I don't think there is any like real risk other than... Mm inconvenience and yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. thirst and, uh, and hunger. Yeah, 100%. But there are, some, there are some people who are, are exempt. So yeah. the, the elderly who might not be able to go that long day without eating and drinking, people who are on uh, uh, a health regime of uh, medications and treatments that, uh, that, like for diabetics, sometimes they can't just you know stop eating. They need to keep their uh, levels in check by eating certain foods throughout the day. So people, uh, young people who are, they're just too young, they don't understand what they're doing, not mm-hmm. required to. People who are in exa- involved in really hard work, physical work, where it would be very difficult to not drink right. while you're working and not, you know, they, they can be exempt. They typically would uh, make up for not being able to fast by feeding a poor person oh, okay. every day. So, uh, so there's all kinds of accommodations for people in different there's a million different situations that people are in mm-hmm. uh, it's basically for those who are able to do it without you know any uh, real harm or any discomfort or mm-hmm. and then how do you manage during the month um, tips and tricks do you just get used to it how do you manage <laughs> to go past like a day or two <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. is it is it is it the start worse is the end worse are there are there ebbs and flows throughout the I have some I have some tips and tricks but maybe uh, this was learned, learned a couple <laughs> For herself, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not, 
I don't know. I don't feel like what helps you more than than anything to make it through the fast. I don't. This is like a joke with all me and my friend, with me and my friends, is that like I feel like everybody like my age, we always go and we watch like cooking videos, <laughs> <laughs> which probably isn't the best use of our time. <laughs> but like, I oh, don't I'm know. gonna eat this later. Oh, I'm <laughs> no gonna, kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I should have given like like good. You know, like everyone's thinking like, oh, my mentality. <laughs> no, we're just watching cooking videos. <laughs> I'm even more hungry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, I've over the years I found that because some of them have been very long summer days, so you need to have energy to make it through the day. So me specifically, I'm not recommending that my Muslim brothers and sisters, you know, do what I do. But I like to have cornflakes for breakfast. Okay. <laughs> for some reason, uh, this is a plug for Kellogg's cornflakes. <laughs> uh, cornflakes for me, I'll have a big bowl of cornflakes with some honey, maybe some banana on it. And I, like after a few days, you get past that, you know, rec- reprogramming your stomach clock. I feel like I just got the energy, stamina to go through the day. And I don't like having a big breakfast because it's, you know, you end up getting really hungry in the middle of the day. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a light, big bowl of cornflakes and somehow it just makes, and you know, fill up on water best I can. Mm-hmm. And of, that's good. There's a lot of things like that. People have like um, videos on like what you should eat or like yeah. the morning meal, like they're high in protein and make you less hungry. Mm. But I don't really think I follow that. <laughs> I find the high carbs is better than the high protein. But that's just me. That's yeah, just I'd me. have a giant glass of water. Is there like always one last water? Where you yeah. Like, Here we go. It's I got 10 seconds left. They have another glass. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That'd be me. I, I have my liter of, of Nalgene bottle right here. Yeah. I think I fill that up like four or five times during yes. the day. And I'm yeah. just an absolute whale over here when it comes to drinking water. Mm-hmm. Um, what about common? Mi- are there any common mi- misconceptions or stereotypes that you have to correct people about? I feel like when everyone, the main thing that everyone always says when you f- they find out about fasting, it's like, oh, you can't even drink water. Like, how is that even possible? I remember like when I was in like junior high, and this was like the first year that I was fasting. Like a bunch of kids came up to me. They're like, oh, like has anyone ever died from fasting? Mm. And I was like, no, obviously not. So I think it's like just people don't understand that. Like it's not something that's like life threatening or something that's like super like crazy. It's mm-hmm. just yeah, it just is. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, for me, it's kind of like um, I mentioned it earlier about you know you have to do a blood test, so the doctors want you to fast for you know twelve hours before that. It's kind of like that, except you just do it again the next day, <laughs> and uh, you're still eating. Now, like it's not like you're. Uh, some people think that we're fasting thirty days straight, oh, yeah. no yeah. eating, no nothing, which is impossible. Yeah. You would die after seven days or something. <laughs> but yeah, there's a misconception that we don't eat or drink at all for thirty days, which is you know uh, we're eating every single day, a couple of times at least. Some people have you know the break of the fast at sunset, go do some prayers and socialize, and then come back and have another one because they're still hungry, and then go back to sleep. And so sometimes you're you're not really. Like I, I might lose a few pounds over the course of 30 days because I get up for breakfast and I'm having, you know, a good meal at the end of the day and maybe even the night, another snack before I go mm-hmm. to sleep. Uh, so that was one I would think. And some people are like, I can't even go without water. How are you going to go without food? And, like, and I'm like, well, we're not supermen. We're just, mm-hmm. it's a daily thing. And you just, you commit to that day and you do the next day and then mm-hmm. you do the next day. And before you know it, and one thing we always notice, uh, how fast it goes by. Okay. Yeah. At the beginning, you're thinking, well, we got 30 days and it's going to be so hard. And the next thing you know, halfway through it. And then the next thing you know, it's Eid, which is the celebration day afterwards. 
and you're like where did the time go it just it's it's amazing sometimes mm -hmm. yeah do you find your body adjusts quickly after the first couple of days from switching up the routines yeah i feel like um the main thing is just the sleep schedule but i feel like after a few days if you have like a set routine then it's easier it gets Really, especially as no days go by. And that's, that's how I kind of envision it. Like, sure, the first or second day, you're kind of like, oh, this is different than what I was doing. But then you're body definitely just, hungry in the middle of the day. Yeah. The first few days. Yes. Yeah. You have to explain to people it's just my stomach growling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, one thing that also happens is after the month is done and, you know, you've celebrated Eid, the, the festival afterwards, and the fasting is no longer required. It takes a while to get back to your regular habits oh, yeah. because now you're not hungry during the day anymore. Right. <laughs> you're, it, takes a, it takes a few days at least just to start feeling like you want to have lunch because you haven't had lunch in a long time. Right. You, it takes a while to get back into that. So. I don't want to eat. It feels so weird in the morning waking up and eating. I'm like, yeah. this, feels, this feels weird. Yeah, <laughs> having <laughs> breakfast and the sun is up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, am I supposed to be eating? You know, you, you're just so much in that routine now that you, you double check yourself at breakfast time and the sun is up and you're like, oh, wait a second. Oh, no, I'm okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How can non-Muslims be supportive and respectful of just those observing? I don't know. I think just ask questions if you're not really sure. A lot of people I find, they will start off with, I don't want to offend you, but why do you fast? Or I don't want to offend you, but what is Ramadan? Or, mm -hmm. and I always get surprised when I hear that. I'm like, you're just asking a question. You're not mm -hmm. saying anything. If they were making a statement and said something accusing or whatever, that's different. But mm -hmm. I would encourage people just to ask whatever you want to ask. And, uh, you know, I don't know much about Ramadan. Why is it that you fast? And what is fasting? And yeah, so I would just encourage. Uh, and if you're, you don't need to ask the, you know, the imam at the Islamic Center. You can ask the person you work with or your neighbor or whoever it is. And if they're the ones who are practicing and devout and that kind of thing, they'll have lots of <laughs> yeah. information for you. Yeah. Yeah, just go about it in a respectful way. Yeah. And kind of like how I kind Seek of... Seek first to understand, as they would say. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm just so curious, and I just like to ask questions. Yeah. And uh, I think if you're respectful about it... I think you'll find uh, most Muslims are very willing and happy to share, because a lot of times it sort of fly under the radar, and, you know, people don't talk about their faith, and they feel uncomfortable asking people about their faith. But uh, you'll find Muslims in general very uh, happy to share, and... Uh, educate that kind of thing. Leading us one studio here. We're talking all things Ramadan. Just taking a second break here on the show and we'll be right back. We're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. And we're back. Thanks for tuning in to the show. I'm Sean Kreitz. We're leading this one studio. We're talking all things Ramadan right now. Now, do you have any uh, particular foods or meals that you traditionally break fast with and are eating at nighttime? Do you anything you look forward to? Well, the main thing you have to, um, like, it's recommended to break your fast with is um, a date. And then from like just like my family foods that we all that we eat a lot. This comes from Pakistan, like from Pakistan. We have a lot of you know oily foods like samosas. <laughs> <laughs> Those things are they're not good for you, but they're really good. <laughs> sure, tastes good, good at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Now for me, yeah, it can be anything is you know allowable. Anything that's allowed in Islam to eat is mm -hmm. allowed to break your fast. The tradition of uh, Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him was to. Uh, break the fast on dates uh, if they were available or water or milk or something wholesome and you know simple but anything that's allowable to eat as a Muslim is totally fine and uh, uh, try to you know eat in moderation because 
you know, it's uh, hard on the body to pack it all in after it's been empty for the whole day. Yeah. So you're not as hungry. Yeah. You're not as hungry after you take the first bite as you thought you were originally. Yeah, <laughs> fill up quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you find a lot of times you pack your plate and you look at it. <laughs> you get about three or four bites in. And you're like, I don't think I'm going to be able <laughs> yeah. to eat all this. So your eyes are much bigger than your stomach. Yeah, yeah. we've kind of mentioned some of the social and community aspects of Ramadan. I think it was like helping out your neighbor type of thing. Um, the charitable charitable giving. I think you kind of mentioned that a little earlier. Can you expand on that a little bit? Charity is uh, one of the pillars of Islam. And it's not in the sense of, I feel like being nice to a poor guy today. It's actually a requirement to take stock of your wealth on a yearly basis, at least once. Because the poor have a share in the wealth of the wealthy. Uh, the wealthy are responsible for the poor. And why a person's poor or how did they get there doesn't really matter. It's a matter of, this person doesn't have anything to eat. I have more than I need to eat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have to share with what I have for those who don't have, and it doesn't matter why. So the that's a part of Islam as a pillar, the same as prayer and belief in God and etc. Uh, so during Ramadan, uh, we're taught that rewards for good deeds are multiplied, and only God knows how much He's going to multiply it for you. Mm -hmm. So in a regular basis, it's ten times what you do. God will reward you for it. But in Ramadan, it's much more than that. So we're very much encouraged to increase the type of good deeds and the number of good deeds as much as we can during the month of Ramadan with Muslims or with non-Muslims. Feed the poor, help the needy, uh, educate the one who doesn't have the access to education, anything that would benefit other people. So you will see Muslims getting very generous in Ramadan, very uh, community-minded Muslim community and outside of the Muslim community just as a humane uh, practice. So it's partly because it's built into our faith, but it's also because of that sense of, I just want to rack up as many points as yeah. I can during this month where the, we're taught that the gates of heaven are wide open and the gates of hell are chained shut. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so the opportunity to turn back and uh, improve yourself and become more devout and re reap the rewards of that spiritually and in this life as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just a great opportunity. Uh, are, are there any other kind of social or community aspects you think we haven't uh, touched on? Uh, we do have one that's coming up on uh, March 31st. It's called uh, Fastathon. Yes, it's at the New Islamic Center in Abraham's Land on uh, March 31st. And everybody's welcome to join, whether they joined us in fasting or they didn't. Uh, so there'll be a, a really nice meal for the uh, broader community. The Muslim community here, like most uh cities in Canada and United States, very diverse. So Sister Uswas from Pakistani origin, mine from a Lebanese origin. There are people from African origin, people from the Caribbean, people from all over the world in Fort McMurray who are Muslim. So you'll see a variety of foods if you're interested in cool. tasting, you know, different kinds of foods. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it'll be for sure Pakistani Indian food. Uh, some Lebanese food, maybe some African ones, a lot of Somali brothers and sisters. Uh, so yeah, there's a wide buffet going to be available to whoever wants to uh, join us. Also, we encourage people to try the fast, you know, uh, just try one day <laughs> and uh, sort of get a, a, a real feel for what it's like to, to go without, and not because of a blood test, but because of a, of a spiritual reason. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are also some physical benefits to it. Mm -hmm. I know McTavish and Westwood are also doing a fastathon on like April 4th or something, so that's also going to be... As a school community. Yeah, yeah as a school. 
Very cool. Very cool. And yeah, I guess will this uh, Fastathon kind of be a place where people can kind of learn and celebrate? Yes. So there'll be, um, uh, I think it starts at seven, which is before the breaking of the fast. So there'll be some um, some words of welcome offered. Maybe the imam will offer some information about uh, Ramadan and Islam in general before the actual breaking of the fast. And then um, just a chance to mingle with, you know, if you have a friend who's fasting and you want to join him on that day, <laughs> just come along to the Islamic Center. And uh, so it starts at 7 on March 31st. There's a registration link I can uh, share with you if you want to Yeah, we'll, we'll throw it in yeah. uh, the description of uh, yep. the podcast and anything afterwards yep. and uh, hopefully get a good crowd out. Yes. Uh, any message that you would like to share with the listeners just about significance of Ramadan, the, the Muslim community in Fort McMurray? Uh, that was another question that I had. What is the community like here in Fort McMurray? You're kind of touching on it. Mm. A lot of different aspects from all around the world. Yep. So, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, it's a very diverse community. A lot of people think that Muslims are all Arabs, but actually Arabs are a minority in the Muslim world. There's only about 300 million Arabs in, in the Muslim world, and there's 1.9 billion <laughs> uh, Muslims around the world. Yeah. So uh, not every Muslim is an Arab, and not every Arab is a Muslim. <laughs> so that's one thing that is important to learn. Oh, yeah, we'd have a, a representation from all parts of the world, because Islam is a world religion, universal uh, faith. It's open to whoever is interested in joining it, <laughs> uh, following it. The community is, uh, as you know, there's a new Islamic center on on the Abraham's land. So right now it's very large gym <laughs> that we use for Friday prayers and for physical activities and recreation and meetings, uh, for lessons for members of the Muslim community. Uh, we participate in um, community-type drives for uh, food bank, supporting food bank and other uh, charitable causes uh, throughout the year. Uh, sometimes we uh, undersell, you know, our contributions, <laughs> but to the broader community. But the the center itself is an investment in the community. To be honest, uh, millions of dollars, and it wasn't just built by Muslims. It was, you know, contractors in the area, mm -hmm. and a lot of the people that live here and work here uh, built it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, that's a that's a huge investment in in Fort McMurray's uh, broader community. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's uh, it's not just for Muslims. Yeah, it's uh, it's intended to be a center of learning for all people, and I think we we try to do that as best we can. Do you have like a, a rough number of how many Muslims we have in uh, the RMWB region? Uh, I don't have exact numbers, but I'm guessing it's uh, upwards of five six thousand, maybe more than that. Mm -hmm. Depending on you know economic conditions, people migrate and right. you know come and go, but there's a significant number. Yeah, there's quite a few. Mm -hmm. Anything else uh, we would like to add here? I ran out of all my questions here. Anything you think we haven't covered that you'd like people to know? What do teachers need to know about fasting uh. in Ramadan? <laughs> Don't make tests in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put tests in the morning in Ramadan. Yeah, yeah I'm an educator, so I'll pass that one on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like this, um, I know for the very public school district, I feel like um, this entire community is very welcoming and very open-minded because I know like, um, McTavish, they put like decorations up even for Eid and for Ramadan, mm. and like just having that, like, like knowing that our like practices like um, welcome and respected is it's just that that's just that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. That's really nice. Awesome. Well, I appreciate both of you for just uh, having this conversation with me today. Uh, wealth of knowledge, a lot of educational things that I've learned, and uh, hopefully a lot of other people got to just learn more about here. Uh, Uswa. Waleed, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and chatting with me today. 
Thank you. We really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much. That's the end of another edition of Fort McMurray Matters. Want a copy of this episode or any past episode? Download the podcast at Mix1037FM.com. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix103.7.